This is JimPinto.com e-news number 312, the 19th of March 2013. This e-news is read by Jim's text-to-speech robot, Mac Jimbo, or Mac Jimbot, if you prefer. As usual, there are five items and three feedbacks in this issue of e-news. Item 1. GE targets the industrial internet. GE has announced that it is targeting the industrial Internet as the next big growth arena. In a recent shareholder letter CEO Jeffrey Immelt outlined the company's technology and market plans. We are making a major investment in software and analytics and we are adding a vast array of human talent to achieve our goals. We know that our services in the coming years depend on building smarter machines with the ability to extract and analyze data. This is the power of the industrial Internet. The industrial Internet leverages the power of the cloud to connect machines embedded with sensors and sophisticated software to other machines so we can extract data, make sense of it and find meaning where it did not exist before. When machines can sense conditions and communicate, they create knowledge from which we can act quickly, saving money and producing better outcomes. Immulti's industrial internet concept is indeed something we've often discussed as the next big industrial growth arena, the Internet of Things. We've been writing about the pervasive internet and IoT for years, and now GE is identifying it as a targeted growth arena. The size of this opportunity? Immelt says this market could be about $15 trillion by 2030. He estimates this to be the equivalent of adding another U.S. economy to the world. I've never, ever come across any market forecasts of this magnitude. The Internet of Things era has begun. What do you think? Item 2. Industrial Robotics Revolution. Here comes Rodney Brooks again, the MIT professor of robotics who helped launch Roomba the popular home vacuum cleaner robot. His latest company is called Rethink Robotics. Venture capitalists have already gambled $32 million on the company. Rodney Brooks has told people that the company is working on the robotics version of the iPhone. Robots will be capable of being trained to perform repetitive tasks with their moving arms and grippers. Versatile software will be intuitive to use and will spawn a community of software apps which will be developed by a growing community of developers to serve a wide variety of manufacturing tasks. Rethink Robotics Baxter is a two-armed robot with a computer screen face with animated eyes. It stands about three feet and is currently priced at $22,000, but targeted to eventually sell for about $5,000. It is designed to do tasks such as loading and unloading, sorting and looking after other machinery, jobs typically done by people. Most workers can learn to operate Baxter within about a half an hour. Workers can teach it to do tasks by guiding the arms to an object. Cameras embedded in the wrist can determine how to grasp the object. Baxter has a puzzled look on its computer screen face when it is still learning. It nods when it understands. Most industrial robots typically cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. The price, ease of use and flexibility of Baxter could put it into lots of small and medium-sized business and rejuvenate conventional manufacturing. Which, of course, will make Rodney Brooks' company a major success.
Item 3. Nanomanufacturing. A decade ago, Business Week named nanotechnology one of the 10 technologies that will change our lives. Today, it impacts almost every manufacturing segment. Nanotechnology is based upon the ability to systematically manipulate and organize matter on the nanometer, less than one micrometer scale. Nanomanufacturing is the production of materials and the manufacturing of parts from either the bottom-up from nanoscaled materials or top-down in nanosteps for high precision. Today's nanotechnology-enabled products range from baseball bats and tennis rackets to catalysts for refining crude oil and ultra-sensitive detection and identification of biological and chemical toxins. In the energy arena, nanotechnology enables high-efficiency, low-cost batteries and solar cells. Nanomanufacturing is growing into a $1 trillion business. The National Science Foundation estimates that 2 million skilled workers will be needed worldwide by 2015, over 1 million in the United States. Manufacturing companies. Make sure you're not stuck in old manufacturing paradigms. Automation suppliers. Nanotech products and markets should be in your growth development plans. Item 4. Human Enhancement. I remember seeing a movie about an aging gunfighter, quick on the draw, who was losing his eyesight. But then a skinny little dude came from somewhere out east and made him a pair of glasses, which, of course, restored his sharpshooter prowess. Technology continues to give humans what seem like superpowers. Human Enhancement Technologies, HET, are not just simply for treating illness and disabilities, but also for enhancing human abilities, capacities that are beyond the existing human range. Wearable technology is becoming common. Body temperature, blood pressure, electrocardiograms and other sensors. Prosthetic limbs are becoming more advanced, allowing people who lost a limb to live more normal lives. Muscle augmentation will soon be common. The military is working on Spider-Man suits that enable wearers to scale vertical walls. Advanced robotic suits enable workers to lift heavy loads. On the medical side, mental enhancers and physical stimulants are becoming fairly common. Today, many office workers start each day with a dose of caffeine or other energy-boosting drinks. There are pills and drinks to enhance cognition, mood, personality, physical performance, and even the biological processes of aging. HET is spreading fast. It's even possible that employers will start to demand that employees augment themselves. Many are raising serious ethical concerns about technologies and drugs that allow people to work harder, longer, and smarter. Some suggest that at least some of these regenerative medicines and enhancement technology developments should be regulated. What's your view? Item 5. Cybersecurity. Richard Clark, a former cybersecurity and cyberterrorism advisor for the White House, now operates a cybersecurity consultancy. Richard Clark warned about the weaponized malware computer worm called Stux, which was launched in mid-2009, and caused great damage to Iran's nuclear program in 2010. Then it spread to computers all over the world. Who made and launched Stuxnet in the first place?
Most think it was a joint U.S.-Israel effort, which has not been denied. Now Clark states categorically that state-sanctioned Chinese hackers are stealing R&D from U.S. companies. Says, Clark, we are losing our competitiveness by having all our R&D stolen by the Chinese. And we never really see this single event that makes us do something about it. It's always just below our pain threshold. In the U.S., companies spend billions of dollars on R&D and that information goes free to China. Clark warned us, urgently, that we are being left defenseless against a cyber attack that could bring down our nation's entire electronic infrastructure, including the power grid, telecommunications, banking and even our military command system. When will a cyber attack event occur that will demand a strong U.S. counteroffensive? Richard Clark insists that it's not if, but when. As usual, there are three feedbacks in this issue of e-news. Feedback one is from Dan Trudeau who has more insights on our discussion about smart machines that are eliminating human jobs. Says Dan. You hit the nail on the head in terms of our real employment problem. The real solution is a change in how we think about employment. Our current thinking is based around the manufacturing-based economy pioneered by Henry Ford, who realized the manufacturing process allowed more production with less man-hours. Upon realizing this he did the opposite of what every smart businessman would typically do. He paid his people more money for less time on the job. This created an economic boom that we rode for most of the 20th century. Now we have another productivity boom. but. Instead of following Ford's model, employers are pushing wages down while reaping the economic benefits of having to employ less people, until employers start investing their record profits into their employees' earnings, we're going to be stuck like this. Feedback 2 My old friend, Colin Langford had some comments on the problems of congressional bribery and lobbying. Colin wrote, Government is now very much an attractive career, not only for the pay but even more for the power. What we have now is whatever money can buy. I think that it is too late to be satisfied with simple term limits, but that would help. We also need to change how the compensation and benefits are set for the legislature. No one should set their own. Perhaps each state could support their senators and representatives. Perhaps the courts could set the pay. But, what Congress would pass these laws? Feedback 3 Neil Gillespie has these simple solutions for current complex problems. Neil says, It is now plain to me that our social institutions have been outrun and are not being transformed by the ever-expanding wonders of our technology. The answer to our dilemma is simplicity. Here are some simple ideas. 1. Individual tax form on 18.5 by 11 piece of paper. Dollars earned times X multiplier equals tax owed. The brainiacs amongst us will decide what X has to be. 2. Decide who the brainiacs are. Non-political. 3. Eliminate the electoral college. One human, one vote. Majority rules. 4. Bring all our soldiers home. 
we combine as the United States Defense Force, USDF, strong, fighting units charge with the defense of the United States against all forms of enemy attacks. 5. Abolish Department of Homeland Security, USDF takes on this role. 6. Abolish Department of Education. Each state assumes responsibility for its own citizens' education. Well, that's this issue of e-news. Please send us your feedback. Send your email to jim at jimpinto.com. Thank you for listening.